Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mr. Walton, did you make contact with aliens? Were you taken to another planet? To a mothership? How did they communicate with them? Can you tell me what they look like? Can you tell me how many of them there were? Were you, were you given food? But the teachers are alive. They're not books. They are the very living essences of nature itself. What a strange person. Unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality, and we don't have a clue yep. as to how to operate it. So when maybe you or somebody else creates an AGI system, and you get to ask her one question... What's outside the simulation? Say in your mind, say to yourself, I am more than my physical body. Because I am more than physical matter, I can perceive that which is greater than the physical world. Upstate near the Great Lakes. This is Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Rupert. We're live on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. It's Tuesday, October the 6th, on into the 7th. We're going to give away two tickets to the Fringe Fest every night here. If you call in, it's 1 800 588 0335. 
More speaker announcements. Harold Couts is going to be there for sure. Linda Godfrey, Karen Dahlman, Clyde Lewis. We got more people coming. I think probably tomorrow on the next day, we'll have even more speaker announcements for you. Um, we got so many people pending in the schedule. And once they do, we're going to fill up that thing. Then we're going to start giving away t-shirts too. It's going to be a pretty big event. Um, actually, we got way more than that. I'm just naming some names off the top of my head, but we've got more speakers than that coming out. So if you want to win free tickets tonight, when we open the phones up tonight, the first caller to call in, doesn't matter what you call in about, you're going to win two free tickets to thefringefest.com if you want to go sign up. It's $10 a day, $15 for the whole weekend, Halloween weekend. There's going to be live performances, live speakers. It's all going to be on Zoom because it can't hold us down even with the COVID stuff happening, right? We're going to have fun. We're going to do conferences still. We're going to do our thing. So make sure you go sign up for that. Also, check out the new Fringe FM apps. And if you want to listen with any other app, it better be the Paranormal Radio app or TalkStream Live because you really don't need any other apps, honestly, if you're going to listen to talk radio. You don't need any other apps besides those three. TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and the Fringe FM. That's all you need. Uh, you can download that Alexa, Apple Store, and Google Play Store. What else do we got? Uh, let's see. Today, I think Starlink launched its last, I want to say it was its last 60 satellites. So they got more satellites in the sky. There's about to be all kinds of space junk. I look up there every single night, and I see, I mean, you don't know what's what anymore. If any of you guys can identify a UFO in deep space, more power to you. But I think it was like 7.29 a.m. this morning. This is supposed to be their last uh, 60 rounds of Starlink satellites. And you remember we talked about that. It's supposed to be their new grid, Internet, all that stuff. But with all the secret missions and all the stuff that the Pentagon shot up during covid there's really no telling what's going on up there. We're just got a whole bunch of satellites up there flying around. But anyways, tonight we're going to get deeper into uh, some deeper subjects. More like inner space, I, w- I, I want to say. Uh, because in this show, we talk about things. We talk about the unknown, the occult, the spirit world. We talk about the dead. What happens after we die? Psychology. How do we deal with all of these things? And uh, I was listening to our guest tonight. Uh, one of his interviews on the the uh, Rogue Ways podcast, which um, I think it was like maybe one of his first that was on there. It was a crazy, amazing, just intense life story, our guest tonight, Alan Cisco. Um, and I kind of want to jump into this because this guy's got a lot to say. Now, if you got any questions, though, you can go to uh, thefringe.fm forward slash chat room, join our Discord server, call in, or contact the show at contact at lightingthevoid.com. Now, our guest tonight, Alan Sisko, is an ordained Buddhist priest studying and practicing psychology, martial arts for years in Ohio and Maryland, and he received his uh, bachelor's at OSU in Mansfield and then went on to get a master's at Hood College where he focused on thanatology, the study of death and bereavement. And, uh, well, that's pretty fascinating. I've never heard of that. Fascinating. He began doing paranormal research early on. And with Chris, uh, Boris started recording and producing a video on it for years and giving talks on a large number of paranormal studies and discoveries. His books very much continuing to write on a variety of topics, including Buddhism, martial arts, exercise, paranormal, thanatology, history, philosophy, capitalism, social culture, a few kids' books, and poetry. And you can check out the website and some of his creations at theemptypriest.artstation.com. Alan, thanks for coming on, man. I hope I got all that right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, a large grab bag assortment. I don't limit myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell. 
I can tell, man. And you know, I, I was listening to your 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 life story, and it was so intense. The stuff that you've been through, man. Like, um, you know, and I want to tell your life story for you because we got limited time here. But just all the all the you know normal. I would say normal stuff that an intelligent kind of person that wants to think for themselves goes through when they're young it's a rough childhood and then dealing with deaths and just all kinds of health issues you, you went into a coma you had near-death experiences you know you went through some relationship stuff i mean you had you went through some how how old are you right now by the way if you don't mind me asking i i just um just turned 51 a little over a week ago wow so I mean, you've lived and not only that, all of the different things that you've studied and done, um, it's amazing to me. You've really lived your life, that's for sure. Whether it's been, I would say, like pleasant the whole time, regardless, it's been a, a fulfilling life, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it. My my view of the world really kind of extended around how I was brought up. Like you said, it was. Um, pretty much just a horror show from day one. But I've, I've always had this view of kind of like one eye looking to utopia and the other eye looking to dystopia at the same time. And so I've had those two things laced together for the, the first parts of my life and about the first half of my life at least and sometimes later on where there's a lot of beautiful exploratory things living a nomadic lifestyle of just if i wanted to go here i picked up and went there i wanted to study this i just call the person and find out to go there and study it but then at the same time like you mentioned a lot of just really horrific challenging trauma things that just kind of went hand in hand so it kind of gives me the the impetus of like when I watched things like the Evil Dead movie to just laugh out loud at the darkness of it because it's kind of like dark humor. It's horrible stuff, but it's it's just kind of uh, two things at the same time. So I've always liked dark humor because it's reflected my my own kind of upbringing and history and life story so much. But yeah. like you said, I've never limited myself. I've always just, if I've wanted to learn something or do something, I just went and did it. Yeah, that's not there. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, like, you know, uh, you, you've martial arts. What you, you taught martial arts too, right? You taught. So you know, the, I just want to say the most fascinating part of your story to me was, you know, you had a thyroid issue that ended up putting you into a coma, and you had to come back and like train yourself on how to live and you just forgot everybody in your life. I mean, did yeah. you, did, did you forget everybody? Like, in, I mean, your immediate family, like, was it that intense? Well, let me put it to you this way. When I finally, after being given enough drugs to come out of it, which they brought me out too fast. So there was, problems with that also i i looked at my mom and i i said you know i know you're my mom but i i don't really i don't get it and i i barely recognized the girl that that was living with me at the time and it was just 
I had to learn how to go back to doing my job, what what the heck a register was, how to hold a fork correctly, um, how to do a lot of things, how to read people's expressions again. I mean, it it there's there's a movie um, called um, I think it's called Whatever Happened to Harry, and it stars Harrison Ford, where he gets shot in the head and loses his personality. I remember watching that movie after what I had went through and that was like almost bringing tears to my eyes. Cause I'm like, wow, that's actually what it's, what it's really like. You know, you, you just, you look at something and you're like, I know I should know how to use that, but you just can't figure it out until someone explains it to you. Like, Oh, that's a pen. You just click the top of it and you can draw things with it. Like, Oh, that's interesting. So you really go back to like a child's mind. Um, yeah, I bet that which, was pretty tough. Well, there's a lot of problems with that, of course, being an adult. So, yeah. you know, there's, it, it's, um, it was a learning experience to try to come to, to try to um, struggle back from that and kind of get some normalcy of bumping into people and having to explain to them, sorry, I know I knew you at one point, but I don't know who you are now. And it would just kind of be a little like, okay, you know, he's pulling a good one on me. I wonder what he's up to this time. It's like, no, no, I, I seriously don't know what I'm doing here. You know, I, um, driving a car again was pretty scary. And so there, yeah, there was a lot that went along with it. So you, and and now if I'm correct, you, the, one of the first, I would say spiritual things that you studied, and I, this was before your coma, right? It was Buddhism? Am I correct or no? There. Well, I I picked up on. It's an interesting story, because of what I went through in my youth, which was just constant brutalization and betrayal by authority figures. When I stumbled upon a book of Zen at a local library, it just clicked instantly in me like, yeah, I'm going to have to figure this out myself and I'm going to have to empower myself to find what it takes to defend myself against what I'm being put through. And I realized I had to go into the battlefield of my mind. And I also grew up on Kung Fu theater on Saturday afternoons. So I also had that image of like the Buddhist monks or the Wudan monks or the various martial artists who would get these secret techniques and be able to defend against the evil general or the, you know, the Qing dynasty or whatever. And so those seeds were planted very early on and I was just drawn to them. And then I started really practicing both Buddhism and martial arts at 13 full time. Uh And that allowed me to empower myself and kind of work my way out of being a constant victim and standing up to the bullies and the people I needed to take the fight to. So, yeah, I've been, you know, now doing it, what, 38 years. So, yeah. Yeah. It seems like you've had to fight your way through life uh, since you were young. Uh you guys really need to go check that out. Like, if you just look up his name on YouTube, it's just Alan Cisco, which is which is spelled C I C C O. Is that right? 
I don't want to say yeah, it wrong. C-I-C-C-O, yes. Yeah. yeah. You looked that up on YouTube. The, the very first one, I think it was like from 2018 when you were on with Lindsay at Rogueways. And uh, that was that was just such an amazing story. And it kind of threw me back because I can tell you're you're an energetic guy. Like you just came out just bam, 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 just kind of an energetic guy, you know. And I was like, whoa, this guy's he's got a lot of energy. But then to hear everything you've been through, you know, most people that go through just a few of the things that you've been through in your life, man, would have tapped out. You know what I mean? They would have tapped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of funny. My my jovial outlook and kind of how I appear to people, it 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 it, it belies it belays the fact of what I've actually gone through. So when people get to know me after a while they kind of get this con- you can tell it's like not clicking in like why are you so happy or why are you energetic or why are you so creative why aren't you like strung out on drugs and you know or why haven't you taken your own life by now as one one person asked me in a nice way like they wanted to know what it's done but yeah i i just it, it I just really, it was sink or swim and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I just really have embraced life as much as I could because I realized no one was going to give me the comfort and joy that I wanted. I had to make it myself. So I found it in everything that I could feel to express my soul in whatever artistic or educational or academic endeavor I wanted to take up because I'm really an, an autodidact. I educate myself on anything I want to learn. You can go to the library or order books or get videos or whatever, or go online and learn stuff. You know, years ago, when it when it first started, 15 or 20 or so years ago, I just educated myself in anything I wanted to learn, regardless of what it was. It didn't let it hold me back. I mean, I've I've done so many different things just to learn about stuff that I will dive in um, like a sociologist has two ways that they study things. There's emic and etic, which is like you either dive into the culture to study it or you study it from afar. And I just many times just dive into it. Like, for instance, one year I wanted to see what I was studying the Sufi belief system because it's tied in with martial arts, which is the more esoteric version of Islam. And so I went to a mosque and basically took refuge with the mosque and practiced full full gun for a year of just praying five times a day, eating specific diet, et cetera, et cetera, just because I wanted to learn what it's about, studied. I had a teacher and studied Farsi, which is the Persian language, and learned to recite in Arabic and everything. So, yeah, I just, if I want to learn it, I just learn it. That's fantastic. I think a lot of people should take that approach, man. But more people like need guidance than anything. And even now with all the information out there, it frustrates the hell out of me. I'm like, just, it's there at your fingertips. You can look it up. Um, you know, but the thing about it is, is like the more we learn, at least us void walkers here, I know I can speak for myself specifically. It's like the more I learn, the less stuff I'm certain about. Like I know there's a physical world and I know 
at least at the very tops of my intuition, that there's a metaphysical world. And, and you know, you talked about the passing of your mother and seeing her body rise out and things like that. Did you always have those abilities or did you develop them over time or was this the Buddhist practices or how did you get to be able to do these things? Well, it's really all of it combined together because um, perceptual ability beyond, you know, the, the third eye perceptual ability runs in the matriarchal line of our family and in in my generation, I got all the diseases from the female side and my cousins got everything else. And so they don't carry that burden of the, of the negative genetics. But I also got the bonus of greater insight and eyesight into things like, you know, my, my grandmother would, would dream about plane crashes and then they would happen or wrecks or stuff. And then when I got into meditation and really early on, I started studying, um, even as a, even as a little kid, I found a report card from like third and fourth grade. I would get out mythology books all the time Mm. or paranormal books all the time. And they were concerned that I was getting too much of the older kids books. And my mom's like, no, he's reading them and enjoying them and talking to me about them. And so I just embraced that stuff, you know, paranormal stuff. I just, I couldn't get enough of it watching the movies. And if, if I found some place in town was haunted, I would go there with the flashlight and investigate and combining that with meditation, which of course stills the mind and allows you to perceive a, 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 a gambit as wide as the cosmos itself, uh, just everything together over a period of time. And then in my latter teens and heavily into my 20s and a little bit into my 30s, I really got heavily into the occult. And so that opened up my brain in areas that aren't normally activated through ritual and studies and practices and intonations and symbols. So it's just really a large grab bag of things together, which precipitated it just opening the mind up to embrace much more and be able to see much more out there. Cause most people live, live world with the view of like a pinhole camera and they're on the wrong side of it in the black box where they can't really see a lot. And then when they go outside the pinhole, they realize there's a whole universe that's being reflected in the pinhole, but it's different seeing it on the, the dark side of the box than the whole scope of seeing the Milky Way and the cosmos. And that's the difference in people's minds when they can't perceive with the third eye and understand the true reality of what I usually call piercing the veil and seeing behind the curtain. And most of those people are what's called sleepers uh-huh. or even or even worse, people who are just cogs that are just you know, the, the meat for the grinder of the system, um, that are easily swayed by demagogues and such, but most people are just sleepers. And really, if you try to tell them, look, 
we're watching a play. There's a curtain. There's a director behind it. They'll actually get into a fist fight with you to, to avoid even hearing any of that. Yeah, you got it, man. You got it. You nailed it. I've been there so many times, especially when you challenge their ideas and programming. You know, we're almost up against our first break here. What I want to ask you is, is all of the spiritual stuff that you've studied, and I really wish you guys, after you listen to this episode, please go back and listen to that stuff on YouTube so you can get a feel for what I'm talking about here. But out of all the stuff that you studied, is there any uh, system? I mean, is it Buddhism? Is there anything? Like, I guess if you had to pick, and I know you're not the kind of guy that's just going to pick one system at all, but if there was one that you could relate to the most, would it be Buddhism? Would you think that one was the right one? Well, I think it's it's more so just the the oldest the oldest form of really what all the teachings come from, which is the yogic practices, and they really evolve out of well most even think BC era, but the, the, the Buddha Dharma of Buddhism, the, the teachings are really based on the yogic system of light and energy and the energetic body and the spirit attached to it. And just really all of that together, you know, regardless of what framework you jam it into, because that, because that ideology also transcends into martial arts practice as well with exercising the energetic body. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. That's really cool to hear because I've, you know, I started out reading more, but Western occultism, I would say, and I've worked my way kind of towards that, if that makes any sense. And it all kind of seems to say the same thing. And then even when I was in college, I studied world history, which is kind of like a basics course that you're supposed to take for a lot of different things in college. But I thought that Judaism was the oldest religion because I grew up Christian like so many people did in the South. But it really isn't. It's Hinduism. You know, um, now that's according to our modern education system. But the, if you really look at it, you can kind of see the yogis. Like a lot of that stuff is just borrowed, isn't it? Wouldn't you say so? All of the newer religions that came along during, before that or after that, I mean. Oh, 100%. Every, every, everything is parasitical to something else or, or what would be called dependently arising. You know, it's not, it's not born out of a vacuum. It comes from something else. And really, all of this stuff goes back to our ancient genetic DNA makeup that is carrying Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ancestral knowledge that goes back millions and millions of years, at least in my opinion. And so when many of these things come about that are brought out of the dark, shall we speak, it's something that we have really probably done in the past. And we're just it's just being reaffirmed again. And even the Buddha himself said the Dharma that I teach is nothing new. It's been around, you know, so many times you can't discuss it just goes back to antiquity, and I'm just bringing it about this time. That's all I do. There's nothing unique about me. I'm just fulfilling an obligation to bring it back around again, and then I'm going to leave, and there's no need for a Buddha anymore because you've got the Dharma to learn. And then when the right. Dharma finally falls away again, somebody will come back up again. They'll bring it around, and the cycle will continue. Right. Wow. Okay, look, so here what we're going to do when we come back from our first break here is we're going to get into some of your experiences and get into some of these stories that you that you talked about. I want to get into some of this because I love deep discussions. Perfect guy to have deep discussions with tonight. Alan Sisko, if you want to go for a website for reference tonight to look at some of his creations, you can go to theemptypriest.artstation.com. We'll be right back. Stay with us. More Lighting the Void coming up. talk radio then you'll love talkstreamlive.com talkstream live is always on 24 7 with the best streaming talk shows find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones it's free readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier just go to talkstreamlive.com be sure to download the free apps from google play or the itunes app store goblins and ghouls join us for a two-day Halloween extravaganza featuring the biggest names in the paranormal universe. Friday, October the 30th and Saturday, October the 31st. Get your tickets before they sell out at thefringefest.com. That is thefringefest.com. Trick or truth, the choice is yours. When I'm done running with the wolves after hunting down a half-ton bison, I look forward to a mind-teetering escapade evening This on is Barb Charlton FM. from Metaphorical Archaeology. If you've ever had a traumatic paranormal experience, the effects of it may stay with you for years. Uh, who do you talk to? You can't go to conventional help. What we do is we use emotional freedom techniques or tapping to actually neutralize the effects of that event. Maybe when you tell the story now, your heart 
heart races and your palms get sweaty, you don't even want to think about it because you don't know how to neutralize that. That's what EFT tapping does. It neutralizes those emotions. The circuit that that was recorded on is gone. The energy flows freely and you're free of it. And that's what emotional freedom is all about. We offer this as a pro bono service, but this is something that I offer because no one, it seems, is helping people with these experiences. If you'd like to reach me, it's really easy. My cell phone is 214-995-3754. Please leave a message. I will get back to you as quickly as possible. Or you can email me, barb.eft at gmail.com. And EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. Reach out to me. It's confidential. This works. You won't I'm believe older the results. I'm noticing that my body just doesn't work as well as it used to. So I like to keep fit as possible by hitting the gym a few times a week. Recently, I started having a nagging bicep pain and it got so bad I couldn't even lift the weights. When I was complaining about it to a friend, he told me about Angioprim. He said chelation helps remove toxins, heavy metals, and cholesterol in veins and arteries that may cause blockages. You know, after just one week of taking Angioprim, the pain was gone and now I'm back in the gym full strength. Scientific research proves the active ingredient in Angioprim has superior oral chelation action that helps promote cardiovascular health. So to learn more, go to angioprim.com. That's A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M.com or talk to a trained consultant. Call Angioprim toll free at 945-882-7221. You'll feel better with more energy. That's 945-882-7221. Or go to the website angioprim.com. Welcome back to Lighting the Void. Tonight, our guest, Alan Sisko. And uh, we're gonna talk, I want to talk about your near-death experience, and I want to talk about a little bit more esoteric spiritual stuff, alchemy, all of the good stuff. But I will say that uh, I have to confirm with something that I brought up earlier about the, uh, the satellites, that the Pentagon commissioned SpaceX to build missile tracking satellites. I mean, all this stuff, you guys got to realize... All of the stuff that's coming out now about what they're telling us has been in the works since SpaceX and uh, the Pentagon buddied up. And so really what they're doing now, we have no idea of, but I can tell you, and like I was telling uh, Alan during the break, that I'm afraid that we're going to have more satellites in the sky than we are stars But before this is all over with. And, you know, I'm just using that as kind of like a, an allegory maybe, but there's a massive growing partnership between SpaceX and the military, and it's becoming far too powerful i mean like if elon musk was the perfect comic book supervillain he would be kind of like a crazy a kid a crazy rich kid gone wild and you know hooks up with one of the biggest military systems on the planet and now they're just covering the globe with satellites and have been since covid started and once they get this all over with it's just going to be ew it's going to be crazy and you know the fed is either stopped it today. I can't find an article. Maybe they took it down, but they stopped the printing of monies and said it was about COVID or that's what they're about to do. I'm a little freaked out about everything and they're going to take everything digital. And here's what Alan was saying during the break. And I mean, this is kind of off topic from the esoteric stuff. It's something we need to think about. 
if they put everything in the digital world, which they definitely plan on doing, and what did you say it was? An asteroid? If an asteroid came through or... Oh, a solar flare. A solar uh, flare, like yeah. A, a large magnetic burst. That's all it would take, right? I mean, why didn't they... Are they not planning for that? You would think they would. I bet you they have Hub- a plan for it. Hubris. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I remember when the articles were out, when they were talking about space weapons, you know, anti-asteroid weapons and things like that. So I'm pretty sure they've probably got some type of backup plan to uh, knock that stuff out. Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm a believer, Alan. I'm curious what you think about this. That I believe that no matter how much technology we create, no matter what we do, or, or and there's a lot of people that disagree with me on this, because uh, via natural selection, all that stuff. But I just think that nature is going to win in the end. I don't think that we're going to beat out these cycles that are in the universe or on this earth, so to speak. What's your opinion is on that? Well, it's, it's so ironic that human beings think of themselves so outside the cycle that they want everything to run on human measurement of time and human involvement in the pattern on this planet. You know, they, everything revolves around eight hour work week or, or 40 hour work week, 50 hour work week, get in the car, sit for two hours, get home, you know, shower, crap, shave, you know, it just, everything is stressed to the breaking point and people just have been, and this is purposeful, have been taking away from their natural groundedness within nature. There's, there's no more time to be blissed out. There's no more time to go on retreat spiritually. There's no more time to just go walk in the woods, or at least that's what they tell you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, all the ancient cultures used to very favorably use psychoactive substances, usually in a drink, to go on a into the underworld and come back. The allegory is so wide-swept historically and culturally in some of the most ancient writings. But you see that that type of reaching a state of bliss, reaching a state of groundedness, reaching a state of, you could say, oneness with everything is so antithetical to what the system is in place right now because they don't want grounded people. I mean, when you look at what they do to people in the military, suck in your gut and stick out your chest. Well, that's the worst way you can actually breathe because you're not grounded. You're not belly breathing like infants do when they come out of the womb. That's how you belly breathe. It's called diaphragmatic breathing. And so they want to uproot people and they don't want them happy, content and grounded with just living in nature in harmony with the universal pattern, which, of course, has a violence and action and death and life in it. But it's not in the unnatural state of the technological advances that have been set forth in human culture that have not had the same advancement of spiritual values going along with it as well. Yeah, it, does, it seems like, Nate, uh, that's exactly right. And, you know, and it seems like 
nature is going to, is going to win out. I think regardless, I, I don't know about the Kali Yuga things. I've tried to study this so much and to get the answers that we need, um, on a spiritual level, I've done, you know, some practices myself, some meditations, had a few out of body experiences, just trying to find the answers in this other realm. I've talked to so many guests and occultists and spiritualists and scientists on the show and, and, you know, ideologists and you name it. And to me, they all have the same big questions, right? Like some people are getting more information. I would say Laird Scranton has probably got some of the best information when it comes to decoding symbolism on the planet. And, you know, people like Robert Schock have figured stuff out as far as our history go, or at least made us ask questions. But when it comes to the life and death thing, the one thing that people really don't want to dwell on and focus on, you actually went down that road and got a degree in it, which you're like the only person I've ever heard of to take a study <laughs> in this, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. How did it's, that happen? It was, well, um, I moved to Maryland with who would become my wife and then ex-wife. And I literally lived right down the road from Hood College in Frederick, Maryland. And I wanted to get my master's and then move on to Ph.D. And when I went there and I saw the thanatology, I thought, hot damn, this is right down my alley. Like, I love this. And so I took up the degree and um, did a, a thesis on the historical evolution of Tibetan funerary funerary practices from Tibet to modern times in the U.S. and India because of the diaspora of being knocked out of their culture due to the Chinese invasion. Um, and then I also did a study uh, understudy uh, volunteer at a funeral home as well and dealt with hospice and many other aspects of it and got my degree in it and then worked in hospice again. And um, it also helps with being a priest to um, counsel people in your congregation or people that have questions about it and they want to know about the process. They want to know what the studies talk about. And and this, I got this degree after I had my near-death experience because of the illness. And I went over there and had two trips during the, the climatic state I was in, which I wrote about in my book called A Buddhist in Heaven. Um, a very concise to the point, let's get the message of what I learned when I was over there. Let's break it down. And then my reflection afterwards, it's only like, I think 36 pages, but it's, it's very packed full of a lot of answers about a lot of things, what the structure is, looks like over there, how time operates, what, why we're here when we go over there why they won't reveal certain things there's a lot that i get into that i gleamed by going over there and then coming back and really since then once you actually tap into over there 
And this kind of gets into aspects of quantum theory. You're kind of in, you're kind of connected to that place now permanently, and you can visit there in dreams and in visions and exchange and talk and continue to learn and get messages, especially in the dream state. And when it happens, you most definitely know what's going on because it's so out of the ordinary that it's beyond lucid dreaming. Wow. And so do you, when, have you had to ever sit next to somebody that was passing away? Like, have have you gotten, you know, to do that on, I would say more occasions than most since you're ordained, right? Yes. Yes. I've, um, seen it it uh, numerous numerous times and listening to the death rails and you know the body going cold and then you wash the you know certain people want to wash the body and clean or going to pick up the corpse and bringing it back to the funeral home for preparation wrapping it seeing how the embalming's done. I've seen everything from the literal passing, taking care and palliative care to dealing with the body, to internment, to taking it to the crematorium. Um, I've seen it all. Yeah. So can I ask you a weird question then? Because I study like ancient Egyptology and what they did with mummification and stuff. Is any of that, did any of that make any logical or practical sense to you that they did that well, stuff well sure and it, it has to do with their belief system of carrying things with you from the living life over to the afterlife which is why there would be so many things placed inside the funerary um areas that they would intern the bodies or their servants or their organs in the in the pots leaving the heart in there and making the body intact so it's and and this goes back a lot to even neanderthal times which then of course goes back to ancestral knowledge before that when they would intern bodies, they would put them into a fetal position and they would lay around them all the stuff a person would need in their life. So even ancient humans had this understanding that we're going to be like we are here over there. So give them all the stuff that they need to take with them. Okay. All right. Because uh, the only thing that I've ever really came to believe I'll, well, I'll just say this. Like I've had one out of body experience that I, that just changed my life and everybody's heard about it a million times on this show. But the guy that got me to go down that road was Robert Monroe. And he said that energetically, like people take stuff with them energetically, like addictions, uh, thoughts, ideas, um, yes. you know, just everything that they believe and they have been programmed with or have become energetically addicted to, they carry over into the afterlife. And that's a damn scary thought if you're out of, a, if you're out of balance, you know? Well, and, and that's why making the perfect setting for the ruling class so they have the most ease, death, and the ability to have the most positive mind state once they leave the flesh vessel is where all of that psychodrama 
involving preparing all that for the spirit to then go over to the afterlife and go through the death process. And this is one of the major books that explains the dying process, which is scientifically validated across the board, is the Bardo Total, or what most people understand as the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And that's exactly what it goes into, is that when you leave this vessel, it's going to go through a deterioration process of the elements falling apart, you know, the liquid drying up, the bones, the skin getting hard, the energy in the air ceasing, the energy going into the core of the body, which is what you work on in the yogic practices, the light of the body in the core area of the body, which is then linked through the endocrine system and hormones and bliss and happiness and everything like that. And so you want to project the consciousness out of the top of the skull because that's where the seat of the consciousness goes to the most enlightened qualities. But if you can't let go of this world and you can't let go of the things that have uh, yojana, which means yoked you to this world, they fettered you to this world, then your mind is going to be stuck in the habitual plane of knee-jerk reactionary, I wouldn't even really call it thinking, because you're not in control. It's what would be called karmatic winds are blowing you, and you're going to take an appropriate rebirth, whatever that is, unless you can let go of things. And that's what the Bardo total is about is recognizing your own pure luminosity and not all these degraded forms that you take rebirth in. So you can elevate yourself to a heavenly rebirth. Now it is what you're talking about. Cause I, I, I got a reading from a fascinating tarot reader and I was going through some tough stuff and it was like one of those past middle, you know, future things, whatever. But it said, the bardo right and then it said initiation is what you're talking about right now is that what real initiation truly is when you hear people talk about initiation into the mysteries or spirituality things like that yeah yeah this 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 stuff was kept secret for the longest time and see the bardo what that translates to as an in-between place Okay, And so it has to do with like the bardo of dying, the bardo of dreaming, you know, so there's the bardo of rebirth. So there's various bardos you can go through. We're always working through a transmigration through various mind states. But if you can elate yourself to the most highest mind state, like the pure blissful heavenly realm, then you don't have to continue going between places. You can finally find a resting stopping place, but you can even be reborn again from there and come back through and do it again. There's a continuous learning process. So would you say like essentially that we're all going to end up in the same place when this is all over, regardless of our crimes against each other? Or You know, I think some people fear that especially like a guy like me I, I i don't fear it anymore but i was programmed deeply about the whole heaven and hell thing and punishment and 
you know, um, and then as I got older, I started learning about things like karma and actually experiencing those things. Uh, and then, you know, the more I, I study that stuff, I often wonder how real that is. But you have been through some pretty deeper experiences than I have. I mean, you faced death's door. You've been around it. You study it. You know it. Right. So, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, is do we all have a shot at just passing up all that karmic stuff? Do we all have a chance? Yes. One. Yep. 100%. You know, that's, that's the message that I, that I got and what I have learned and in studying these ancient traditions. I mean, if you could see my apartment, it's literally a library. That's what I live in is a library. And I have books in all kinds of languages about every topic you can think of when it comes to the consciousness, the mind, the most ancient traditions and what they talk about. Um, and I've studied the language. I've studied the translations. I've asked translators to get an understanding of what the language is being used in the correct context, studying the symbolic meaning of all these ancient drawings, you know, the, the Bardo total drawings, the Egyptian book of the dead, the, um, the, um, the one for the um, central South American um, can't remember what, how it's pronounced now. But, you know, talking about going into the underworld there and going through that process and the ancient traditions of wanting to go through that process so you can come out on the other side and move on and get past this. And if you look at some of the most ancient writings on hell from the eastern Indian area, Swat Valley, Tibet, <clears throat> excuse me, take a drink. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the Tibetan Book of the Dead and the Egyptian Book of the Dead are like the two biggest ones I know of. Yeah, and then there is, I think it's called the Codex Borgia is the one from South America. And, um, and when you study these texts, they talk about hell being a karmatic creation. It's not like all of these demons have been there from the beginning. They were born there out of their own karma. The hell was created out of the karma of all these beings. And this is why you can have so many different hells at the same time or so many different heavens that people are going to different places because they're pocket spheres. There is a Christian hell, Hindu hell, Buddhist hell. They're all hells, but they're of the different creation from the different mind states and the different focuses. If someone thinks they're going to go to the hell and be tortured by Satan, they can create that via their consciousness and actually go there with all the other people who believe the same thing. Or they believe they go to like the happy hunting grounds or go to Valhalla of course, there's a lot of people who have created that pocket sphere, and more people can join them there. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So all these realities are very malleable and, and, and are born and fall apart like you're talking about with the yugas, the various creation, formation, stability, falling apart, destruction phase. The same thing happens in different spheres and other places in different realms. Now that see see that's so perplexing at the same time so fascinating to me. Um, yeah, I want to want to dig deeper into this. Like we got to take our break here. We're at the top of the hour already. Of course, this stuff goes by so quick. Uh, at the tech, uh, I guess at the next hour, if you want to call in at one eight hundred five eight eight zero three three five, you can win two tickets to the fringefest dot com. Uh, fascinating discussion tonight. We'll be right back. Stay with us. paranormal news, trending topics, and fresh articles from some of the most popular critical thinkers in the community today. Stay informed on your favorite paranormal podcasts and live streaming talk shows. Interact with the telepath and upload your paranormal story or pics. It could be featured in an upcoming edition. Sign up right now for the free telepath newsletter at paranormal.radio. That's paranormal.radio. Do you want to know the truth? Are UFOs real? Are aliens visiting Earth? Are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history? We're UFO Seekers, official partner of The Fringe FM, and we're on a hunt for the truth. Join us as we investigate locations like Area 51 by subscribing on YouTube at youtube.com slash UFO Seekers. Hi, this is Aaron Hunter, host of Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and you're listening to The Fringe. You heard of heavy metals? Yeah! I'm not talking about the heavy metals in the junkyard. I'm talking about the heavy metals that build up in your body. Heavy metals in your body can make you feel sluggish, fatigued, and just plain off. Why not try Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com? Cleansing your body and making you feel great. <sighs> Cleansing the inside of your body of intruders that sneak their way into you and set up an intruder camp. Life Change Tea helps remove unwanted intruder camps. Brew it. 
Steep it and drink in the results. Tastes great so you can create a new health habit. Our tea loves to help people. It just needs the chance. So order yours today by logging on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Our Life Change Super Strength Tea is waiting. This could be a beautiful relationship. Take charge of your health. Order at getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Hey, Fringe listeners, this is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange Radio, asking you to join us live Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fringe FM. Visit beyondthestrange.com for links to chat, social media, and schedules of the show. And remember, always stay strange. Asta. Hi, folks. These uncertain times can cause uncertain gut slowdown. Worry and fear can wreak havoc on our digestion, making it hard to feel optimum. Bloating, less energy, and occasional constipation can slow you down in your daily activity. Try Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea can help get things moving so you can get that boost of energy you need. Life Change Tea helps protect and defend your health from intruders. It's a weird time right now. With all the uncertainty, so gear up and defend your health. Where do you go to purchase? Log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. The specials are on the front page, and we have numerous supplements to help combat intruders. It's time to take charge of our health and to feel better in life. It's time to live. Again, getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Getthetea.com. It is so worth it. Get the T-T-E-A.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. You're listening to KTLK. Have you ever seen an ad or banner which brought you a feeling that someone is reading your mind or even listening to your conversations? Your online data is being used against you. Surfshark is a VPN service that makes online privacy protection easy and attainable. You can use it on as many devices as you'd like simultaneously. The VPN service that we use at UFO Seekers plus one month free for $1.99 a month. Visit surfshark.deals/seekers. We spend almost as much time online as sleep, and that's six to eight hours a day. The internet knows a lot about us, and that's why we should care about our online data. Use Surfshark to encrypt your personal information and send it via a secure VPN tunnel so that no one can see it without your permission. Visit surfshark.deals/seekers. You need to protect yourself from surveillance and targeted advertising. Surfshark encrypts all internet traffic sent to and from your devices and ensures that your IP address remains hidden. The VPN service that we use at UFO Seekers plus one month free for one ninety nine a month. Visit surfshark.deals/seekers. News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. If you've been on the internet in the past couple of weeks, you may have seen that life on Venus has been reported. And according to Scientific America, a NASA probe may have found life 40 years ago on Venus. Rakesh Mogul, a professor of biology chemistry at the California State Polytechnic University in Pomona, says... 
we were able to extract some data from literature from about 40 years ago, and we think we're able to identify some interesting things. We believe that the evidence suggests the presence of phosphine. So it sounds like the data was there. Scientists just did not know what they were looking for. When you think of the word Jedi, perhaps images of Obi-Wan Kenobi or Luke Skywalker come to mind. But the Jedi I'm talking about has nothing to do with Star Wars. This Jedi is an acronym for Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure. And recently, the Pentagon's chief information officer's shop teamed up with armed services to prepare for the move to the Jedi cloud. And that's not Cloud City. According to C4IS.net, the Jedi Cloud contract was originally awarded to Microsoft over Amazon Web Services 11 months ago, and then was halted by a federal judge in February. The court case remains unsolved. Dana Deasy, the Pentagon's chief information officer, said the services must identify the tools, integration environments, and directories that need to be set up to connect users to the cloud when it's available. What will Jedi do? The DoD's cloud system will allow warfighters to access data quickly and consolidate data and develop artificial intelligence. Using data for joint warfighting efforts is the top priority of the department's forthcoming data strategy, which DZ said he expects to be released within the next 30 days. So I guess I'll be updating this story in about less than 30 days, or in the next 30 days. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Deadline.com reports the Pennsylvania home featured in the award-winning 1991 film The Silence of the Lambs is for sale. The three-story Princess Anne Victorian served as the home of the insane serial killer Buffalo Bill in the film. The film crew spent three days shooting on location. And you too can have this house for just under $300,000. This is the Rogie Report News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. I don't know all the answers to the questions about reality.
second hour here. We're just starting to solve our guest, Alan Cisco. You can call in at 1-800-588-0335. We're going to go ahead and take our first caller. It looks like we got a caller from 509 area code. You're on the air. Who are you speaking with? Five zero nine. What's up, Chance? Is this Chance? Yeah, this is Chance. How you guys doing? Man, I'm tripping out on this conversation actually, but it's, a, it's one of the best conversations I've had so far in a while. You know, um, you know how I am with death. Like, I got to know those. I think. No doubt. I think I have to like know those answers for some reason. Like, I get fascinated with it too much. I, I think we avoid the question too much. What do you think, Chance? Well, absolutely, dude. I totally 100% agree. The, the real question is, is what happens with the corpse after it leaves the soul? That's a good question, but let but, me tell you something, brother. I know that's a good question for our guest tonight, Alan Cisco. but you won two tickets to the Fringe Fest, brother. So congrats. <laughs> Hit me up on the DM, dude, and I'll, uh, I'll send you two tickets. But is that the question that you want to, uh, to ask Alan about the corpse? Well, cause yeah, I just, I was curious cause yeah, there's always so much preparation when it comes to the, you know, the corpse per se, but there's always so much preparation. And it makes me wonder if the soul's gone, why so much preparation? I, I suppose that has something to do with the loved ones, hmm. but I don't know. yeah, I guess that'd be my question, brother. I don't know. That's right. awesome. Thank you for the tickets. That's man. That's yeah, cool. Congrats. Yeah. I'll be hanging out with the babies, the babies this Halloween and that'd be cool. Yeah. I'm hoping to get down with you guys. That's great. <laughs> I don't know. That's you it's Friday. It's Hallow's Eve and Halloween, so you're welcome. And yeah, uh, yeah what, no what do you worry. what do you got to say about that, Alan? About the body, what the corpse? Why is there so much? Do, well, there, yeah, go ahead. It it you're hitting upon you know it's what happens with the body is very different depending upon the geographic location around the world, but. I'll specifically talk about here in the U.S. And I did a, um, if you look up my name on YouTube, you'll see where I do a video where I did a lecture of the history of the corpse starting from the Civil War to modern times. And I kind of explained that. And really what it came down, what it comes down to is, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, but the funeral industry the medical industry and the government getting involved in people's lives and the zoning that is required for the disposal or internment of the body makes a difference also depending upon where you live in and what the loved ones want to do with the body. But really a lot of the, um, Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
embalming of the body, which really goes back to the Civil War, has to do with the viewing for the loved ones to say their final goodbyes, which really has a um, one of the problems of, of why that's so prevalent is because people are separated so much and they don't live next to each other anymore and are there living with each other on a regular basis, just next door to next farmhouse or whatever. And, you know, there used to be a living room and a parlor and a parlor. You would view the body in when they passed away and then the living would go into the living room. And now we just have a front room. But that's because death used to be in our faces. It used to be everywhere, and people dealt with it on a more, a better basis. But right now, our culture is so enamored through the capitalistic system of denying impermanence, denying old age, wrinkles, getting old, gray hair, white hair, because they sell so many products based on that, that people don't deal with death on a regular basis and don't have a relationship with it. As the one Zen master said, Practice like you're preparing for death because there's nothing else that you're going to accomplish. And so people just are not in a relationship with the one place that we're all going to, which is a six-foot hole. And nobody wants to deal with it. They want to put it out of their mind, which, as we talked about earlier, sets the stage for having a bad death and not being able to move on, which is why – we're seeing an increase in hauntings, in possessions, and things going on in our culture and around the world where spirits are not at rest, and they just can't move on, and they're not having either going on to a better rebirth or going on to a heavenly existence or hell existence for some of them or whatever. That's why this is happening. It's a chain of events that's just a perfect storm. All right. Does that answer your question there, Chance? Does that help you? That that was way more than yeah. He answered way more than I ever had it. But anyway, <laughs> Alex, so obviously you're a conspiracy theorist, dude. That's freaking cool. Awesome, guys. Yeah, yeah. great conversation. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Guys. Thanks, brother. Congrats on the tickets. tickets again. That's great. All right. You have a That's good awesome. night, Thanks, guys. I appreciate. It. All right. See you guys. Bye. So we've given away four tickets this week. We're going to continue to give them away all the way up to the event. So you guys keep that in mind. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing about like, you know, cremation and stuff. Like some people, it just really wigs them out. Like I don't want to get my body cremated. There's some type of, I wonder about that too, because it's like, is there really something to that? I mean, energetically, I re, I've read a lot about it. Yeah, there is something energetically, the connection to the body. But I mean, once it lets go of, What's your spirits out, I guess? What's your theory on that? Like the body just, it doesn't really matter anymore, right? Or does it? I mean, in any way. Well, healthy-wise, it shouldn't matter. That's another sticking point of a lot of people where they live such a hedonistic, materialistic life that when they leave and they don't have that vessel they're stuck here wanting to find another one or continue here or they recycle back around and they take a rebirth and get another body because they can't let go and move on to a heavenly realm. But the 
the the spirit or the mind, as we call it, can separate from the body, and the body continues to exist. I mean, that's what happens many times with coma patients, for instance, like with myself. But there have been studies where there was one doctor who his patients were having out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences when they were on the operating table. So what this doctor did was on the the, um, cabinets in the operating room where this was taking place with patients coming back with stories of wandering around the hospital and seeing their own body on a table, he put cards on top of these cabinets that nobody knew were there. Well, when these people would float out of their body, they would be able to read these cards. And when they came back, they would tell them, oh, I saw a big number two and a letter E on top of this cabinet. So the the as you know, with astral projection, you can separate from your body, go on trips. I mean, People think that dreaming only takes place in the mind, but it seems that the dreaming is another sphere of existence as well. How it operates, that's a very complex and convoluted question that I I only know some aspects of how it operates. Like there are beings that exist in the dream realm that are very predatorial and feed on nightmares and situations they create in your dreams and mimic people that are in your life. So that's another thing where your consciousness goes inward or goes outward, or it's doing both at the same time. Yeah. So what do you think about these new studies and stuff where these scientists are actually trying to mess with our dream states by implanting stuff and they're actually doing tests right now where they're trying to influence they're already look they already influence us from, from the stuff that we watch see read and take in all the time right but they're they're actually trying to tap into it more now during the state of hypnagogia which is when we kind of slip out of the body so to speak i just think it's a dangerous game to allow other humans especially these mad scientists to to, to mess with that. Although I'm also like a big fan of science too. So I get perplexed about it. I'm not, I don't hate science. I don't, I don't know where we would be without it, but I think sometimes I think, I think this world is, is starting to get run by this like mad scientist phenomena where we can't really stop these people from exploring certain things. I just don't think they should mess with if I'm making any sense to you at all. No, your I mean, your gut reaction says, you know, that's that's what separates you from these mad scientists. It's like, well, why would you create that? I don't know. Well, then you shouldn't be creating it. You yeah. know, you, if you don't know what you're doing, then keep your fingers in other areas like why don't you make a vaccine for, you know, cancer or something? Why aren't you putting your efforts into that as opposed to getting into people's lives where they need that separation from society and dreaming is very helpful and healthy for them? You don't need to be recording dreams because then you're going to get into some like minority report thing where they, oh, in the future you were dreaming about doing this. So we're going to prosecute you for dream crimes. 
You know, I mean, it's when yeah. is enough of invading our personal space? There's just that inner landscape needs to be private for people. That's what's healthy for people. And it's just being invaded by others who are nothing but fanatical authoritarian micromanagers like your boss is at work on steroids, you know, just it's just ridiculous. And then they've got the technology behind them to be even more invasive, like, well, with a lot of people that I, um, what are they called? Um, the people that are stalked by people. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, what do you, um, targeted TAs individuals? Right. Targeted T- yeah, T- TIs. Right. I mean, a lot of that stuff, you can't brush all of that off just on paranoid schizophrenia. There's some stuff there that seems very legitimate and uh you've seen news stories about the government using specific weapons like that on uh foreign soils or some people in this country that even the police have some of these weapons yeah and see this is where it gets a little freaky okay because one of the most beautiful things about nature to me is the night sky so look we've got consciousness which i love consciousness exploration which i love and the night sky, and my body, which I should have total sovereignty over. These are like some of the biggest things to me. Now, I don't know if I had a part in creating this nightmare or not, but with the vaccines that they're coming out with this thing that messes with your RNA, this is not like uh, a vaccine that's supposed to be like an antibody or the same flu virus that it's just a smaller version No, this is like a thing that goes under the skin and messes with your genetics and uh, mutates things. Not cool, right? Then they've got Neuralink where they're wanting to implant chips into your mind to get you to access information faster. They're wanting to have suggestibility to you in the hypnagogic state. And then they're wanting to surround the planet with so many satellites that they can have the fastest grid known to man when it comes to the Internet, not to mention artificial intelligence. And now they're talking about you know, some of these scientists are saying artificial intelligence cannot, you know, perform to its most effective capability without a body. And it's really kind of like, I feel like I'm living in a comic book, man, where we got just like these crazy mad scientist villains that do not give a damn about the natural evolution of things. And from all, I mean, if you, you studied it from my experience in studying this stuff, like nature after a while, it gets ready to start shaking the fleas off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the human beings, you know, this, and of course, this is getting into, well, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, when you look at some of the stuff that has come out with the horrific technologies that they're creating, a lot of it has to do with, um, a technocracy to where we are melded with a technology that affects us on a microscopic nanoparticle level. And if you look at the information that came out about the black goo and how they've talked about it in various sci-fi movies, especially the X-Files, yeah. but you've seen people that have been affected by this this black tar and people have seen other people with it. They've seen children with black eyes. They've seen adults that this stuff's been coming out of their orifices. And 
then on top of that, you see that they are seeding the atmosphere with um, aluminum, and then these satellites can affect us on a magnetic level and with 5G on top of it. And when you look at some of the most ancient writings on negative karma, they talk about it being a black goo that melds with your molecules of your body and you have to do corrective measures to squeeze it out of you so that you're not entrapped and enslaved by it and continue to repeat and come back. And if you look at some of the molecule structure of metal, it looks like squares, which then if you look at some of the conspiracy theories talking about somehow it's linked with the black sun, linked with Saturn, which has a cube on top of it. I mean, it really gets into a lot of things that are pooling together, but in such a juggernaut fashion that once all of this stuff gets in motion, it's very difficult to get out of the way or stop it from rolling over everyone. Oh, I just, that's freaky. I know, I know that was <laughs> just so a big, freaky, man. I know that was a big rabbit hole. Sorry, no, no, no. It's a good rabbit hole to go down to. Uh, and actually, you know, that might be for another show. I want to, I want to stay on this because I've never spoken to anybody about this, this thanatology, the study of yeah. death and bereavement. And obviously if anybody's a comic book, like super nut, like me or night stalker, or some of the listeners, obviously Thanos plays the perfect character to express death and bereavement. Does he not? I mean, I don't know if you've well, seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, um, well, you know, the word Thanos meaning death, which is where thanatology comes from. You know, they, they knew the appropriate language to use when they made that character. And he talks about in there, it's so creepy because, you know, when you hear him talk in the movie and in the comics, he doesn't speak as if he's the bad guy. He, he's just like, he's doing his job, right? Yeah. And he's just laying the balance down. And if you think about it, Right. I mean, that's what death is. This whole cycle of, you know, death, rebirth, resurrection, that type of thing. Life, death, resurrection. It's in nature of life or so they think until impermanence comes to them and the reaper cuts them down just like everybody else, because that is the great equalizer. And there are no luggage racks on hearses. Right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, wow, man. That's a very, I mean, the way you put things is really uh, effective, actually. Look, look, we're at our last break. I'm going to dive a little deeper. I promise you I'm going to ask some positive questions here, too. But uh, this isn't necessarily dark. These are important questions. This is the stuff that we should be asking ourselves. And it's also, let's admit it, the stuff that we all think about that we don't want to talk about. And that in itself is a problem because I think it has everything to do with uh, waking up and being conscious. We'll be right back. With Alan Cisco, stay with us.
Fringe FM on Facebook and Twitter. What Fringe you believe might not be Step into the zone of the best unknown Travel with me into the paranormal. Live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM. Hey, this is Amalia from Know the Self Mystery School. I know that you are in the midst of massive change. We all are. This is the great turning, the time that we all decided to be here on the planet. Do you know why you came here to be a part of this crazy time? If not, I invite you to join my mystery school. I have a nine-week course called Activate Your Mission. And in this course, you're going to learn how to erect crystal clear boundaries so that you can hear that inner still voice that's going to guide your every move. Even if you're dealing with feeling weighed down by obligations and being enslaved to the system, this course is going to give you the tools you need to illuminate your shadow and awaken to your soul's mission. The moment you sign up to the school, you are going to be greeted by not only a group of soulful spiritual lawyers, but you're also going to get some massive karmic clearings and you're going to feel the energy. It's palpable. I hope you'll join me in the school where together we're going to unlock your divine mission. Activate your mission by going to thefringe.fm forward slash soul mission and put in the code word fringe and receive $50 off. Hey, is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. Digital Broadcasting. How do you think you would react if you knew the truth? The Fringe FM. Born out of the alchemical tradition of Paracelsus is a medical tradition called Spideria. Though not many people practice this work today, Phoenix Aurelius has been researching and teaching this work for the last 15 years, and he needs your support. Hi, I'm Phoenix Aurelius, and I'm the founder of the Phoenix Aurelius Research Society, where I perform modern scientific research on the methods and techniques of Paracelsian alchemy and spagyria for health, wellness, agriculture, ecology, and more. All my work is 100% funded by the public, so if you like what I'm doing and you want to support my research, please consider making a purchase of spagyric medicines from my apothecary, fund your own Spagyric IDF wellness research or participate in my group study or one-on-one immersion courses so that you can learn how to perform this work for yourself. I want to thank you in advance for your support. Visit thefringe.fm forward slash alchemy research and enter coupon code fringe and receive 15% off anything and everything on the website. That's thefringe.fm forward slash alchemy research and thank you for doing your part and keeping alchemy alive in the modern day. Have you ever wanted to dream about being a character in your favorite video game or movie? Would you like to dream your fantasy with all five senses in detail and remember everything? It's time to bring the dream in mind back online. Introducing Dreaming for Gamers from Ian Wilson. Dreaming for Gamers will teach you how to program your dreams to dream what you want from any video game, movie, or source material that you choose. The courses help rehabilitate the dreaming mind out of atrophy so you can remember your dreams, taste, touch, smell, see, and hear, as well as be self-aware and take complete control 
control over the dream state like Neo in the Matrix. You can't catch COVID in a dream, but you can wake up with a happy ending. Type in the fringe.fm forward slash dreamplay and sign up today to get dreaming now. That's the fringe.fm forward slash dreamplay or click the banner at the fringe.fm today and take the seven day dream challenge for free while it lasts. alcohol here on lighting the void 1-800-588-0335 that's the call in number if you want to ask our guests any questions tonight congratulations to chance chance of the paranormal from our fringe fm chat room for winning those free tickets to the fringefest.com that's the fringefest.com remember to put the in front of it so you know you get the right one and uh tonight our guest a fascinating discussion man an ordained buddhist priest also, uh, study. He went to college, got a master's at Hood College, where he focused on thanatology. You guys got to go listen to his episode on Rogue Ways, where he talks about his life story. I mean, we just, I, I don't, we don't have enough time to get it. Now, you wrote some books about all that. You, you have been writing books, right? Or am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, okay. I've got, yeah, I've got um, six, one, two, three, four, five. I think seven books now, and then there's multiple other ones I've written that I just sell myself or hand out to people, uh, practice manuals and such. Yeah. I, I wrote about, um, well, a Buddhist in heaven, which is about my experiences of going to the other side, which is a lot different than a lot of the other ones who are focused on the Judeo Christian version of, you know, having near death experiences. It's much in a different vein um, much more hopeful, at least I feel it was. And then books about energy work, um, books about, um, Buddhism books on meditation, um, a photo, a book on photography, uh, also a book of basic, um, stories and poetry and think pieces. Um, that book's a, a little more humorous and tongue in cheek. Um, even a title. Um, Holy hell, uh, brother. Somebody's selling your book on mindfulness meditation for a thousand dollars on Amazon. Yeah, that was the first. I, 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 I joked to myself, I should contact a guy, tell him to pay me a hundred dollars and I'll sign it and mail it back to him to charge more. That was the, um, that was the first edition that's no longer available. There's a second edition that's on Amazon that's a um, one hundredth the price. <laughs> one hundredth the price. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm. Uh, well, I followed you on on here on Amazon. That's really cool. I didn't expect that because I was looking at the books. It's like, whoa, that's pretty trippy. But that happens. I mean, maybe. You know, I wouldn't put it past whoever read that book and decided, you know, this book is actually worth that much. I think I know people do it to make money, but sometimes I've, there's some occult books out there that got some deep, deep stuff in it that are actually worth the money, but 
then again, you know, I heard you talking about the occult and I really want you to give your opinion to our audience because, you know, like I talk about the occult on the show a lot, a lot. I'm a practicing occultist myself in a lot of ways, more of a hermeticist, I would say, but I don't do it in a, in a unsafe or I would even say a chaos manner. I, I don't judge either, but I want people to tread lightly in this, in this field. Uh, because when you start messing with the subconscious and your own psyche and your spirit, you got to really know what you're getting into. And I heard you talking on on uh, Lindsay's show about how you don't really give gods, uh, and this was a few years ago, you might have changed your mind, but you don't really give deities that kind of attention that most occultists do or, or venerate or honor them the way they do. You want to talk about that a little bit and why you take that approach? Well, in... In Buddhism or the the Buddha Dharma, which of course has yogic roots, the deities are an expression of our own consciousness. And when you work with frameworks of occult or magic or religions, many people take the deities as literal and being an external locus or form of why things happen as opposed to an internal locus or loci if there's more than one of why things are happening. And so the belief system can become very exoteric as opposed to esoteric. And so for myself, because as I've studied history so intensely, there's so many deities that have risen and fallen and don't aren't even worshipped anymore by people but had powerful cults at one time and were very prevalent in rituals done by millions and millions of people but they fall into the wayside now and so people now that think that their chosen deity is going to be permanent don't understand how the universe functions in in permanence because just like the various hell realms and the various other areas that can fall to impermanence, if enough people stop believing something, it can't draw power from the worshipers and it can't manifest. There are no deities sitting on a throne like in Minneapolis that you can go visit, give flower tos, and give blessings. It's always by proxy of the followers. So let's just skip the middleman and just worry about the followers who are building the temples, building the hospitals, building the scientific labs, building the bread lines, cooking the food. That's my concern. I'm, I could care less what framework somebody puts it in. I find the deities to be annoying myself because they're so fickled or worried about their internal strifes and wars with other deities or whatever or trying to soul gather to become more powerful. So I don't – you know, the, the symbolism is all I'm concerned about, which is what sets the mind in motion – to create the focus for the energy to follow and directing the energy to the purposes of causing a manifestation. Yeah. And so it's the energies are definitely real then depending on how much energy the collective has put into it. Right. Based on our history, the egregores, the energy behind it. Um, 
is it of your opinion that, that we should let old older deities just kind of, I don't know, like kind of die, so to speak? I remember hearing you talk about the Egyptian deities where people, you know, they talk so highly about them, but they're really, I mean, it's a kind of ancient stuff. But but I've talked to so many occultists. They're like, yeah, I've even heard some say, well, I need to talk to my to my parents before I make a big decision. Grown occultists, I'm like, okay, well, are you talking about like your? I would get confused actually. I'd be like, are you are you talking about your your biological parents? Like you're grown. Why do you need to talk to them? No, no, no. My spiritual parents, like you know, Horus and Isis, which doesn't make sense to begin with. But why those two is I don't even know why that would be a good match in a way, but whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, so you have to ask permission to the Egyptian gods before you do something. Isn't that disempowerment in a way? And I don't know. It got really confusing to me, to be honest with you. Well, and you've hit a you've hit upon a important point that is why I have the belief system that I do that I don't follow any of these deities and they're not a part of the Buddha Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha or any of the masters that came after that, because they can fall to impermanence themselves and disappear. So if something's impermanent like that, to give it that much control over your life, you're putting something in charge of you that isn't physically there to start with, like I said, where you can physically walk up to it. Now, I'm sure some people would say, well, I have a relationship and I can feel their essence right again Inferment of a deity as opposed to a physical manifestation and they always need followers to do something for them because you know all you have to look at is for instance like in the islamic countries you don't see an aztec deity walking around manifesting there it only manifests <laughs> in a ge- geographic place where it's known or people read about it. Mm-hmm. Like William S. Burroughs said, the written word is a virus. And when people read something, they get an idea in their head and it affects them and infects them and makes them believe something they might not have believed before. So these deities aren't across the world doing whatever they want. It has to do with who believes in them and allows them to manifest in their in their vicinity. Yeah. Like who gives them power things like that. And this is, this is the, the kind of Gnostic idea that, which is something that gets really touchy with Christians, but the God of the old Testament, right? Uh, Jehovah, all of the things that that God did, I got to tell you, man. And I've said this on my show before. It's like, look, even if that was the God and creator of this world, I would take a very rebellious attitude towards it. Even if it created me, you understand the way it acts, it, the way like it was like some kind of insecure child almost that didn't mind killing or doing any of that stuff to people when it didn't get its way. I mean, think about it right now. And this is not even the oldest religion. This is just like uh, the Judaist, I guess, point of view or or the Torah point of view, or whatever you want to say. Um, but then people are like, no, 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 no. It's it's metaphor. Is it really? Uh, I don't know that some of this is metaphor. Did this stuff really happen? 
I don't think it did. There's a lot of evidence to say that it didn't, but then there's actual evidence out there to say that some of this stuff did. It's so perplexing, man. It really is. But either way, you have to make a moral decision at some point and say, is if this is the God that actually created the heavens and the earth, would I still want to worship a God like that? You know? Well, and like I wrote about in um, Thunderbolt Cleaving the Mind, my one book on, the, on, on Buddhism, you know, the problem with people that worship a deity is they feel the deity has the monopoly on truth and that whatever the deity says is fact, regardless if it's like, oh, three plus two equals four. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll believe that. And so the problem that arises from it is if the deity was here, okay, that's that's one thing that's different. I got to worry about this thing zapping with the thunderbolt or whatever. But the worshipers by proxy feel they have a monopoly on the truth also by proxy of their deity. And that just opens the doorway to all types of horrors of moral, yeah. you know, things that are done and that can be just justified away, you know? So when you sit next to somebody and they're passing away, and I also believe this too, Alan, like if someone believes in a God, let's just say Jehovah or whatever, and they're passing away and they're saying that kind of, maybe it's a Catholic prayer or something like that. Right. And it brings them peace. Yes. Then who That's am it. I to stop it? Right. And it's, you know, it's it's good because really if it brings them peace and they do go on to a heavenly rebirth, they're going to have to make sure that they have burnt off enough karma to move on. If they're a horrific, despicable person, I mean, if they do reach illumination at death, then the one person that was the despicable, horrible person has in essence died and it's no longer there. And so our spike towards that person doesn't really need to exist anymore. They've moved on beyond that old person that was causing all the harm, all the distress, all the negativity. But that's also our own battle of things we have to work through. But you can't just automatically just get rid of karma by just well wishes it's it's not that easy it's physics and so people but if they do approach death with a calm mind then a lot of good things can happen and they can evolve and move on to a higher rebirth or a better rebirth or at least be able to burn off their karma somehow and work their way up the ascension towards a higher level Fantastic, man. The way you explain stuff is really cool. 214 area code real quick. You're on the air with Alan Cisco. Who are you speaking with? This is Brent Howell. Hey, Brent. Yeah, real quick. Hey, man. Hey, bro. Uh, real quick. Uh, Alan, have yes. you ever had the thought that you were the last man or being on earth? And I'll get off and let you tell us. Did you get it? Yes. Yes, sir, I did. All right, thanks for your question. That's a pretty crazy, intense question, but I don't. that's Brent. I don't doubt that. 
Have you ever thought that you're the last man or being on earth? Hmm. What do you think he means well, by that? <laughs> well, if I can take that question in two ways, if I've ever thought I'm just the last person on earth and everything is an extension of my consciousness, that falls into the quagmire of what's called solipsism. And I have no belief whatsoever in that at all. But if I ever had the thought of theorizing, what if I would end up being the last man on earth? Well, then I would just probably find myself the most local library and just set up camp there and, you know, just enjoy wow. myself till my last time was passing. And then I would move on to see where everybody else went or wherever I would go. But you'd have to just you'd have to approach something like that with a calm mind because it would be something that could drive you insane if you didn't. Uh, man, good, good question and good answer. I've got a question for you here. I, I bring this uh, up on the show a lot. And since you work and study in the realms of death, um, I think that there is an interdependence between the metaphysical realms and life. I think the universe, I think it's called anthropo. There's some, there's some type of word for it, but I think the universe is conspiring to create life because life is, you know, you know how you hear everybody say, I can't wait to die and go to the heavenly realms. But I sometimes wonder if life is the goal. Um, just because of the way the universe acts. But based on what you've studied in death and what you've experienced with people, is there any truth to that? Other than the fact that, you know, the whole idea that oh, I just can't wait to die because I'm going to go to a better place. And sometimes I wonder if it's just a big conspiracy to make life the better place. Am I making any sense? Sure, sure. Well, the only, the only thing that I would say to that is I personally feel with what I've studied and my philosophical leanings is life itself can be a blissful, wonderful thing. It can be terrifying. So you have both sides of the coin. But again, it can also, if you've ever seen like a beautiful valley in the Tibetan plateau with the yaks grazing on the sides and a temple built in the side made out of whitewashed stone. It's a heavenly paradise. You've seen some of the valleys in Sweden and Norway or the beautiful plains in Africa or some of the lush, you know, jungles. I mean, it, it can be wonderful. And imagine dying, becoming a cloud and floating over that and raining down in that area while people farmed with their livestock. That would be a beautiful event also. So, yeah, it could be wonderful to come back and also be a part of that as well. Now, obviously, I don't think you have the answers to all these questions. I just think that I like to ask questions to people that I know that have really delved into it with their heart, mind, and soul, and especially someone that's like got a master's in in that subject matter, you know? Sure, <laughs> that's, sure, sure. That's, uh, <laughs> that's really cool because not too many people – look, I've only seen one person actually die in front of me. And I didn't, I've never seen anybody pass away in front of me, ever, not even my own grandmother. I've seen them almost dead or a person that at once other in my life after they died, and I've seen the body. For, for some reason, my life hasn't allowed me to see it. 
I don't know why. But others are just, they're around it all the time, whether they work in hospitals or morgues or, or someone like you that actually studies it and purposefully gets around it. And I wonder if I, I think, uh, if, if I wonder if our minds, if certain people's minds can handle death better than others. You know what I mean? I would imagine well, so. I mean, it's, you can, you can definitely learn to live with death 100% and be in that environment and get over your trepidation with being with the dying and such. Doesn't mean you won't ball your eyes out or be torn up for days afterwards. You know, you come on to your shift and Mr. Smith is doing fine and you come in the next day and they're like, oh, where's Mr. Smith? Oh, he passed away in the night, you know. And you, you lost someone you've been taking care of for three or four months or your own family members are there and then the next minute they're gone and there's a large void there. What do you do? But it's really like, you know, when you get hurt and you heal up again, like somebody removes a piece of your skin and there's a scar there. That's the same way people are in our lives. We have the scars that are left over emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, but it shows that somebody was there and we've had a piece of us taken with them, but they're also a piece of them's with us still in our hearts and in our soul. And so it's, you know, it's war wounds, but it shows you've been through the battle and you you have all of those scars and leftover memories and i mean that in a positive way of those experiences that you wouldn't have been able to have otherwise right good answer man well that's a really good answer unfortunately we got to end this thing it went by pretty quick i think i would definitely like to talk to you again though if that's cool i definitely would like to have you back on yeah we'll set it up again i made it through um over here in the Eastern Standard Time, two in the morning, I'm doing good still. That's the same. Yeah, that's what time I'm on, too, actually. So I know all about it. When I moved here from Arkansas, I was on Central, so it wasn't so bad. But and then now it's like midnight to 2 a.m. for me, and it's, it's pretty rough. But, um, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool to talk about this stuff. And if, if you can, can you tell everybody how to find your work, your books? I know you do art, too. There's a bunch of stuff that we didn't get into, man. Um, but just yeah, yeah, tell everybody how to find you. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you can if you want to follow me and see a lot of my artwork. Uh, like I said, you can go to the uh, the Empty Priest on Deviant Art. Um, you can also follow me on uh, Facebook, which is where I post all my artwork and just you know humorous stuff and just thoughts and articles, which is just my name. Alan Cisco on Facebook. Um, if you're more interested in the philosophical martial arts things, and a lot of times where I put links to my podcast, then look up Red Lotus Temple on Facebook. And you can also go to redlotustemple.net. And on top of that, you can also find my YouTube channel. If you put in my name, you should be able to pull up some of my videos. But the name of the channel, and I'll have to spell this for everybody, is called Mahadharmapala. That is M-A-H-A. 
D-H-A-R-M-A-P-A-L-A. And that you can find my YouTube channel where I put up exercise and think pieces and everything along those lines. And I'm also on BitChute, and you can find The Empty Priest on there as well. Wow. Oh, cool. and if, if, you, if you do want to get hold of me, you can email me, alancisco at AOL.com. Really cool. Thank you for all that, man. And thank you for coming on the broadcast. No, thanks for giving me a platform. I greatly appreciate it. And thanks for everybody listening. You're very welcome. And guys, uh, we'll have all those. We'll put as many links as we can in there into the archives. Up next is The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Please don't copy the show without written permission. Music was by Chronoaks and Steezy. Stevie, congratulations to Chance for winning those tickets. Thank you to all the patrons for making this show happen. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Good night. Mm-hmm.